I'd like to tell you the story of a young woman who lived in small town, Wisconsin. I know that sounds a little boring, right? But this young woman had lived in Champion, Wisconsin for about four years since she moved from Belgium. And one day she was just out in the countryside on a walk and she saw something that she will never forget. She saw a woman standing between two trees, dressed in a dazzling white with a bright light surrounding her, a yellow sash around her waist and stars above her head. The young woman was obviously frightened and she prayed and prayed until eventually the woman just went away. The girl ran home and tried to tell her parents, but they wouldn't believe her. The next week, the glowing woman appeared to her a second time as she was walking to Sunday Mass. And then, after Mass, after consulting a priest about what she saw, she saw the woman a third time when walking home from Mass. That time, she spoke to the woman, asking, In the name of God, who are you, and what do you wish of me? The glowing woman answered, I am the Queen of Heaven, who prays for the conversion of sinners, and I wish you to do the same. Gather the children in this wild country and teach them what they should know for salvation. Now this true story happened in 1859, right here in the United States. The young woman's name was Adele Brees, and from that day forward, she went all across the country, teaching children in rural places about Jesus and what they should know for salvation. This apparition of Mary is now called Our Lady of Good Help, and that is honestly a perfect name to describe Mary's role in all of our lives. Not only is she the mother of Jesus, she is the mother of us all, given to us by Jesus himself. Now, I didn't always truly know this, and to an extent I still don't, and many, or dare I say most Catholics and Christians, don't know this either. And I grew up in a Catholic household. I owned a rosary my entire life. I went to Catholic school all the way through high school, but I really didn't start to pursue Mary or really know who she was until I reached the more hostile environment of public college. But throughout my life, I started to notice that people who I look up to in terms of faith and spirituality really all had some sort of obsession or connection to Mary. And whether it was saints, relatives, or pastors in my parish, every one of them seemed to have this connection to Mary. I never really understood it, and so I went and tried to put the pieces together. And my journey with Mary began back in middle school, actually. It was a school, there were school-wide rosaries every so often, maybe once or twice a year. Maybe 53 of us standing in a big circle. Each one of us had a rose. And on every Hail Mary, we would walk up to the statue and we would put the rose at the foot of the statue of Mary. Now, was I focusing on the wonderful prayer that was being said? No, I wasn't. I was focusing on how I was going to look when I walked up with my rose. And more importantly, I was focused on what my crush was going to think when I walked up with my rose. And I was, as every one of my classmates was walking up, I was just judging them on how they were walking or what their rose looked like. And this was maybe one of like two or three rosaries that I'd pray every year. Nobody really told me the real importance of this prayer. No one really told me why I should be praying the Hail Mary. Mary was simply the mother of Jesus, who, you know, we would pray to in heaven sometimes when we needed it, and that was it. In high school, I started to grow my prayer life significantly, but Mary was not even on the back burner for me. I knew Mary was special for some reason, but why pray to God through her when I could just pray to God himself? 
That's what I thought. I would pray rosaries whenever I would stay the night at my grandmother's house sometimes, before I'd go to bed. It's really safe to say that Mary was far in the background of my life, in my faith, and I never really found her necessary for me. The truth of the matter is, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is the second most important person to ever live on this earth. Through her yes to be the virgin mother of our Lord, and through God's divine providence in Jesus from that day forward, the world has never been the same. Now those of you who are like me, who were born and raised Catholic, we all know what Mary, the mother of Jesus' significance is to all Christians. As Catholics, we believe that she was immaculately conceived and eventually assumed body and soul into heaven. And this means that she was the only human besides Jesus himself to be conceived without sin, original sin, and she was the only person to ever be assumed body and soul into heaven along with Jesus. Now, how many of us have heard these facts throughout our life through confirmation class or reading about them and just thought, yeah, that's pretty neat. I know I did my entire life. But these facts about Mary are more than just pretty neat. They're absolutely remarkable. There's no other saint in heaven like Mary in these ways. Mary's immaculate conception and glorious assumption into heaven lead us to dig deeper into who Mary really is and how she relates to us in our day-to-day lives. God is perfectly manifested through her and her life because that is what each one of us is called to do. And Mary lived it out perfectly. Many non-Catholics try to condemn Mary's significance. They say things like, oh, you Catholics worship Mary, or praying to the Mary and the saints is a rejection of scripture. And there are many solutions and refutes to these rejections. This lack of understanding of Mary's true role in the church is what has led to these objections. And it is not only outside the church, it comes from within the church too. Devout Catholics all the time have moments of skepticism or doubt about Catholic Church's teachings on Mary, just as we do many teachings of the church from time to time. I relate to this deeply in my faith journey because I've had many, many questions and doubts about different doctrine of the church that I've had to overcome. The one that I've spent the most time pondering over is the church's Marian teaching. Recently, however, there does not seem to be just a skepticism about Mary. We seem to have lost an appreciation for Mary entirely. But the truth of the matter is, is that Mary is the second most important person to ever live on this earth. Through her yes to be the virgin mother of our Lord, and through God's divine providence in Jesus from that day forward, the world has never been the same. Now those of you who are like me who were born and raised Catholic, we know about Mary's significance to all Christians. As Catholics, we believe that she was immaculately conceived and eventually assumed body and soul into heaven. This means that she was the only human besides Jesus himself to be born without original sin and to be both body and soul in heaven. Now, how many of us have heard these facts throughout our lives in confirmation class and just thought, eh, that's pretty neat? Well, really, these are more than just neat facts. They're absolutely remarkable. There is no other saint like Mary in these ways. Mary's immaculate conception and glorious assumption lead us to dig deeper into who Mary really is and how her life relates to ours and God's plan for all of us. God has perfectly manifested through her and her life because that is what each one of us is called to do. And Mary lived it out perfectly. Many non-Catholics try to condemn Mary's significance in the church. They say things like, oh, you Catholics worship Mary or praying to Mary and the saints is a rejection of scripture. 
And there are many solutions and refutes to these objections. This lack of understanding of Mary's true role in the church is what has led to these objections. Not only outside the church, but this comes from inside the church as well. Devout Catholics all the time have moments of doubt or skepticism about all kinds of Catholic teaching. Devout Catholics all the time have moments of doubt or skepticism about the church's teachings on Mary, just as we do many teachings from the church from time to time. And I relate to this very deeply. And I have, because I've had many, many, many doubts and just like moments of skepticism about church teaching. And the one I've spent the most time on by far is the church's Marian teaching. But recently, however, there doesn't seem to just be just skepticism about Mary. We seem to have lost an appreciation for Mary almost entirely. Now, John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27 says, Jesus crucified is speaking. The Lord on the cross speaking some of his final words, and I know he chose those words carefully. And the verse states, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour on, the disciple took her into his own household. Now there's a lot going on in these two pivotal verses. So let's break them down a little bit. The disciple whom he loved is us. Jesus is speaking to us. All of us. Saying that we should behold our mother. Mary is not only Jesus' biological mother, she is the mother of us all, given to us by Jesus himself. This is why we call Mary the mother of the church. St. Pope John Paul II, one of my favorite saints and many people's favorite saints, says, when he takes her into his home home, that is to say, he brings her into all his problems, which at times are difficult, his own problems and those of others, the problems of the family, of societies, of nations, and of the whole world. Just think about your own mother or some motherly figure that's in your life and compare that to the role that John Paul II just described. So what he's describing of motherhood looks exactly what I think motherhood looks like. A child naturally brings all of their struggles and problems to their mother. I could say it over and over again that Mary is our mother, but that does not totally grasp what I'm trying to say. Mary is our mom. A mother's role is not to clean the house, to change diapers, to do laundry, do the dishes. Those are jobs for a father as well as a mother. A mother's role is to raise children to be virtuous and God-fearing, to build community around and within the family, to uphold all that we call motherly virtues. Not only that, but a child looks up to their mother as a role model, an example of how to live. John Paul II says it best again when he says that the church's model is Mary. He says that the church must draw the most authentic form of imitation of Christ from Mary. Mary is indeed the perfect example of how to live for Christ and with Christ. Her yes to be the mother of Jesus did not stop at the birth of Jesus. She was, as the Catechism says, in complete adherence with God and his will. We, the church, are called to do the exact same. And while Jesus is the ultimate model of how to live our lives, obviously, we can also look to Mary because she is the perfect non-divine person to ever live. And just as we look up to our moms uh, or some other motherly figure when we were younger or even today, 
we should look up to Mary the same way as our mom. It is not enough, however, just to look up to Mary and imitate her, as important as that is. The disciple whom Jesus loved took Mary into his home from that day forward. So how do we take Mary into our home? How do we bring her into our day-to-day lives? Well, how do you grow in a relationship with your own parents or your own mom? You talk to them to grow and grow in a relationship with them. You interact with them and give them your attention. And it works the same way with Mary, your heavenly mother. We must devote our time and energy to her in order to grow in a relationship with her. It's as simple as that. Let's talk about devotion for just a second. It sounds like a daunting task, but it's really quite simple. We devote ourselves to others all the time. We devote ourselves to family members, close friends, and mentors by giving them our love, attention, loyalty, and enthusiasm. Devotion to Mary is simple as showing Mary the love and trust that she deserves as a mother. Speaking of devotion, now I want to look back to my grandmother, who I'd prayed the occasional rosary with. I always knew that she had some strong relationship with Jesus and maybe some devotion to Mary, but somewhat out of the blue, she joined the Order of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. She devoted her life to the Lord through a deep and direct devotion to Mary. And this got me thinking about Mary's significance. My own grandmother, who I looked up to my entire life growing up, was going through a significant devotion to Mary. And I ever really acted on this until I got to college when I started getting involved in the Catholic community at Cal Poly. I met many young men and women who really knew Mary. They really knew who she was, what she was all about, and why she was held up so significantly in the Catholic Church. This is what really drove me to discover Mary for myself. I began to pray Hail Marys consistently in my daily prayers. I prayed rosaries more and more frequently until I eventually prayed my first 54-day rosary novena. And after that novena, I did the famous 33 Days of Morning Glory devotion. This devotion really answered any and every question that I've had about Mary throughout growing up. One of the main problems that the devotion solved for me was how a relationship with Mary was in no way going to hinder my relationship with Jesus. I'd always passed off people who were devoted to Mary as obsessed with Mary, and I kind of questioned whether their closest to Jesus could be closer if they just kind of taken some attention away from Mary. But the devotion called me back to look at the Gospel of John again. Mary has always had a role in pointing us closer to Jesus and drawing us closer to his plan and his will. At the wedding feast at Cana, once they ran out of wine, Mary told the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. So just as Mary was pointing the servants at the wedding to obey Jesus, her wholly united union with God, as the Catechism puts it, naturally inclines her to, put us, to point us toward God when we come to her as well. As Thomas Merton puts it, Mary's chief glory in her nothingness is in the fact that she is the handmaid of the Lord. This means that, as we talked about earlier, Mary is and was in perfect and complete adherence with God's will. And God's will for all of us is a deeper and closer relationship with Him. So if you're ever feeling lost about your direction in life or what direction you're supposed to be going in, Mary is the perfect person to help point you back in the right direction, back where you are supposed to be with Jesus. I speak from personal experience because whenever I have turned to Mary in times of 
you know, whenever I feel lost in my direction, I don't know where I should be going, what next decision I should make. I've prayed to Mary and always found a beautiful sense of direction, like very immediately. These kinds of simple devotions and prayers can have amazing impacts on your life and those you pray for Mary's intercession upon as well. Countless miracles have been attributed to praying the 54-day Rosary Novena. And the Rosary has been an integral part of the church for centuries. Pope Leo XIII wrote 17 encyclicals on the Rosary, telling all Catholics to pray it fervently. It's almost also impossible to find any canonized saint who doesn't have some sort of devotion to Mary. Mary is somebody to turn to not only for direction and miracles, but especially when you are feeling alone. The Mother of God led, in an earthly sense, one of the most lonely lives of any saint. She was going against the grain and doing God's will so perfectly that nobody besides her only son was able to relate to her. This loneliness, however, never set Mary back. She knew that whatever God asked her to do was the right thing to do, and she did it without question. Even if it meant living a rather lonely life, even if it meant watching her only son die on a cross and suffering with him. We've all experienced some level of loneliness in the recent past. You know, whether we feel isolated from the people we love or we feel disconnected from the church and the sacraments, the pandemic has been a treacherous road for all of us. And Mary's the best person to turn to in times like these because she's experienced the most extreme forms of both physical and spiritual loneliness. She's waiting to hear our prayers and show us the ways of the Lord, to intercede for us whenever we, whatever we need in our prayers, and to comfort the lonely and the afraid. And each one of us has a path that God wants us to be on. And just like Adele Brees back in Wisconsin, sometimes we need someone to point us back in the right direction. Whether Mary appears to you in the countryside or she's just speaking to you from your heart, she's reaching out to you, ready to point you back towards Christ. And just like Adele devoted her life to Christ from that day forward, after what Our Lady of Good Help told her to do, we must answer God's call to take Mary, our mother, into our homes, into our day-to-day lives, and to let her guide us towards eternity with our Lord Jesus.